0: This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical.
2: Good evening, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, you sound good. You look good. You, oh, thank you you. You look taller for some reason. I don't know taller. why. Yeah, maybe it's my screen. Maybe my screen is higher than usual.
3: Yeah, um, I don't believe I've grown, but it would be thrilling if I had. It would kick um, me over <laughs> from just like regular tall into weirdly tall. <laughs>
2: Well, our Patreon subscribers are growing. This week we grew by one, so big thank you to <gasps> Sam Arnold who joined up on Patreon. We've got a few of you now. Now I'm, I'm Lewis. I don't know if this is rude of me to say this to our mm. audience, but I I, I want to get a few more because I want to mm. hire an assistant. Oh, because if you've ever thought about supporting the podcast, chip into the Patreon. It's you know the, the price of a cup of coffee these days, like even mm. less. Like we've kept our prices the same, and coffee has gone up sky high.
3: Like yeah, it's c- easy to keep your price the same when it's zero.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So if you've ever thought about chipping in, please um, head on over to Patreon and chip in. And that way we can employ someone younger, smarter, funnier to do most of the work that I don't have time to do. Oh, well, now I feel threatened. What, um, <laughs> yeah, you... Uh... You feel threatened and you work at the Youth Broadcaster. You've got younger, <laughs> smarter and funnier people around you all day long. That's true, uh,
3: but <laughs> what are you
2: actually going to do with
3: this assistant? Because I have to admit, if you're asking for money, you know it's not exactly like you're curing cancer here, begging for an assistant. So I feel like you might need to give some more information.
2: They're going to be, um, you know, writing writing the podcast notes, publishing the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to be uh, organizing guests. Oh, there's a whole. I've got a list of things to do. It's very sure. exhausting to to make a whole podcast.
3: Oh, I mean, I can only assume. That's why I don't do anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't know about you and your fancy producers at the Australian Broadcast Corporation. Hey, hey, hey
3: that's singular. One single producer.
2: <laughs> okay, very good. And you panel yourself, though, don't you? Of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Anyway, have you met? Do you know anyone? <laughs> do, I know any, oh, do I know anyone who's looking for
3: a, an underpaid job? Um, yeah, dude. Everyone at the ABC.
2: Yeah, well, great. Well, we pay more than the ABC, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land and the Eora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show.
0: The following program contains medium coarse language and traces of nuts. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Comedians, experts, laughing at the world as it burns down around us. <laughs> This is a rational fear.
2: Tonight, an Australian Army helicopter has crashed into Jarvis Bay, the Defence Minister said. It's the closest thing we'll get to a new submarine until the 2040s. And with the New South Wales election just days away, Premier Dominic Perrottet regrets that he and his wife could have made a few more voters in time for Election Day. And after already using Code Red and Time Bomb in order to describe the IPCC report, the United Nations admits that analogies to climate change are an endangered species. It's the 24th of March, (laughs) 2023, and this is... A rational fear.
0: This is a rational fear. And don't forget to unplug your set.
2: Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former Labour Party bus driver Dan Llich, and this is the podcast that makes Aaron Sorkin newsroom look a bit like a documentary. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. Guest number one, they're one of Australia's best Laura Hughes. They go by the name of Laura Hughes, and they'll be joined on stage at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival with several other Laura Hugheses. It's the one and only. Well, actually, turns out one of many Laura Hugheses. Welcome to the podcast, Laura Hughes. Yay! Thanks for having me, Laura. Just how many Laura Hugheses are going to be in your show in Melbourne?
1: There are going to be seven, including myself. Um, but there wow. are thousands.
2: I actually Googled you to find your bio today and when I went to laurahughes.com.au, I found a Laura Hughes who's like a corporate coach who helps you think of mindset growth and all that stuff.
1: There's so many Laura Hugheses. They haunt me. There's one that's um, a pedophile and that's the worst one for me. I get a lot of emails from concerned parents. It's the worst. Oh, (laughs) no. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, dear. Oh, yep. Do you have your working with children check, Laura Hughes? <laughs> I have
1: so many. I'm ready. I did not even work with children, but I was like, I need it just for
3: my life. <laughs> you have to go around and knock on everyone's door when you move into a neighbourhood and just go, I'm not that Laura Hughes. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, and their Melbourne comedy festival show, Not Like Other Ghouls, refuses to have a pun in the title. It's the horrifically and musically gifted Alice Tovey. Hello. Alice, you are mixing horror and cabaret in your festival show? Are you worried it could be too spooky?
4: Uh, it's going to be a real fright fest, Dan. Um, I hope that you love uh, jaunty jingles, the scariest
2: thing of all. You know me, I, lo- I love jaunty jingles. Lewis will tell you how much I love a jaunty jingle. He, You're a jingle man?
3: He lo- he's a little jingle boy and it's uh, <laughs> it's insufferable. Right.
4: I love that. Also, Lewis, it's the first time we've been on the podcast together. Usually uh, we we can't be in the same room at the same time. This is so lovely.
3: It's really nice. I'm just waiting for one of our internets to fall apart. But for now, let's let it ride. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) And if you want to learn how to be rich, our next guest will tell you how to do that in his comedy special at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Golden Hamshake. It's Lewis Hobber. Oh,
3: that's true. (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's right. Exactly one day before Irrational Fear hits the stage at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I'll be doing a a live comedy show at the Melbourne Town Hall with my friend Michael Hing. It will be very silly. I assume we haven't written it.
2: (laughs) I was just going from the copy off the website. I assumed you at least wrote what you were planning to do on the website.
3: You know how it is at the comedy festival show. You, You send in something and then you write to that.
4: Sorry, did you say um, handshake or
3: ham shake? Ham shake. Ham shake. Alice, it, honestly, the it's a- insane things you need to know to listen to our radio show. It, it, this, if you haven't listened to it before, don't bother starting now. I would say it's just—it's <laughs> so, we're so deep into a bunch of insane storylines that it, it would take too long to unpick. We're the lost. Of daytime radio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there insane. is a lot of in-jokes. There is a lot of in You can kind of catch up at any point, though, Lewis. Like, I dip in and out when I'm driving around town, and I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, back on the ham stuff. That's good.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at one point, Hing just decided that it would be funny to say, congratulations, you've won yourself a ham. But he's a vegetarian. He doesn't know how much ham costs. Oh, my so he's God. like So much. So much. He's like, so let's just give away a ham every week. And I was like, that's going to bankrupt the ABC. <laughs> um, so we gave away one ham to one person. The ABC legal thing was so insane. They were like, what if someone wins it who's like Jewish or Muslim who doesn't eat ham? It's like, well, then we won't oh. send them the ham.
4: Plus, you've got to be in the pockets of big bataki. You can't have that. On the- <laughs>
3: um, and now we just made like thousands of golden ham chain key rings that we give away. Anyway, it's a nightmare. No one on this podcast cares.
2: It's a whole thing. Coming up later, after inviting both Chris Minns and Dominic Perrottet on the podcast and receiving very polite no's, we are joined instead by independent candidate for the Northern Beaches, Jackie Scrooby. We'll ask her, how insular is her peninsula? But first, a message from this week's sponsor.
0: Irrational Fear and Audible presents David Attenborough reading the AR6 report from the IPCC, uncensored, unplugged and unhinged. Human activities principally through emissions of greenhouse gases, have unequivocally caused global warming. You see, I told you, I fucking told you all, didn't I? Hear the moment the BAFTA award-winning naturalist's brain explodes, with global surface temperatures reaching 1.1 degrees centigrade. How many fucking documentaries do I need to fucking make? Experience (laughs) the frustration of someone who's given their life to the pursuit of truth, in the face of unbridled capitalism. Deep, rapid, and sustained reductions in greenhouse gas emissions would lead to a discernible slowdown in global warming within around two decades. Discernible? I'll be dead in two fucking decades. How about I give you all a discernible reduction (laughs) in me? It's what could be David Attenborough's last great audiobook. (laughs) Oh, fuck it, that's it. I'm getting into crypto. Fuck all of you bitches. Now available on Audible. Download the app and start listening today.
2: Mm, thank you to David Attenborough for that one. Excellent. This week's first fear, Nazis, turfs and the Liberal Party expulsions. Oh, my. What is it with Melbourne and Nazis? Is it the weather? Maybe the Yarra reminds them of the Rhine. or Maybe it's the unbearable levels of racial tolerance. But in a very confused scene on the weekend, Nazis joined anti-trans protesters who were joined by trans rights protesters who were not joined by anyone trying to catch the 86 tram anywhere because there's <laughs> no way they could and on top of it The baddies, in this case the anti-trans protesters, were upset that the police let even worse baddies, Nazis, into their protest. Alice, what the hell is happening in Melbourne?
4: Oh, my goodness. It's such an upsetting and hateful story. Um, This person, uh, Posey Parker, Parker Posey, already appropriating the name of a queer icon is a hate crime. But (laughs) a bunch of TERFs turned up to Parliament and they've kind of created this thing where they say trans people, they're so dangerous uh, they should be all just eradicated. They also say that trans people don't exist. So they've created Schrodinger's Queer and they've gone and (laughs) protested that. It's just, it's super frustrating, especially um, the cops that turned up as well, who allowed the Nazis to march through the streets. If you've not seen the footage, it's horrific. The the excuse that they gave to the protesters was, oh, I'm just doing my job, which is like a fine excuse if you're a Subway sandwich artist who's been told to just use schnitzel instead of bread because they slipped to an (laughs) extra fiver, but not if you're defending (laughs) Nazis. That's not all right.
3: It's also just like such a hair's breadth from I was just following orders, which, of course, famously from the Nazis.
2: Absolutely only. it was. It's weird that the, the, the police just thought it was part of the anti-trans protesters. Is it weird, protesters.
3: Dan? If it's, is it weird that the cops uh, let I the, mean, the Nazis sh- in, a.k.a. a lot of their friends? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. but it's so. But it is weird because, you know, they're not dressed like anti-trans protesters. They're dressed like they're, they've come from their, like they got out of bed from their pyjamas. They're, like, all in black. Yeah, they're in black short
4: shorts, which is, yeah, I didn't think that hot pants with the Nazi uniform, which, like, <laughs> credit wears credit, Stuart? I love a good hot pan, but not on a Nazi.
3: It was almost indistinguishable from a Lady Gaga backup dancer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's terrifying, genuinely. Like you kinda like it's always crazy when you're like, the Nazis are back.
2: What what are we doing? The Nazis. Now, it's interesting in that Victoria seems to be like the home of Nazism in Australia for some reason. There's been long reporting about right-wing radicals it, uh, hanging out in the Grampians, um, chanting anti-Jewish sentiment, and there seems to be a huge rise. Like over the last 10 years, like a 320% rise in right-wing plot attacks and violence, like direct direct like, threats to the Australian people. Like the Nazis are- – are for all intents and purposes, you know, the new Al Qaeda in Australia. The AFP are really deeply concerned about this rise. Do you think it's the
3: weather? It's just the most similar to Germany. It
2: could be. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Like you just
3: wear. love a wear, turtleneck. You can't wear those yeah. uniforms in Queensland. Like if the further you get to the closer you get to the equator, you just you can't wear an overcoat. It doesn't work. I mean, even yeah. as you're saying, Alice, there were Nazis in shorts. Uh, he was the only one who you weren't scared of. Like all the other Nazis, you're like. These guys are fucking Nazis. You're like, well, that guy's Nazis in shorts. We can hit his knees. Fuck that guy. He's easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, I'm not scared of men as long as I can see their calves. Then I'm I <laughs> <to> take him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping that what these protests highlight is the absurdity of transphobia because when you have literal Nazis on your side, like Sig Heiling and stuff, You're on the wrong side, team. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't dress it up in whatever faux feminism you want. This is bad stuff.
3: The TERFs were there going, oh, no, we weren't with the Nazis. I mean, like, just visually, clearly they were with the Nazis. But in a world where the Nazis were getting attacked by the anti-TERF protesters and the TERFs themselves then the Nazis would have been fighting a war on two fronts. And at that point, (laughs) historically, we might have had a...
0: It's a bit like Q&A on crack. This is A Rational Fear.
2: This week's second fear, any moment a former president could be arrested for using campaign funds to buy the silence of a porn star he had sex with once. Yes, uh, Donald Trump could be arrested at some point this week. We don't know when, we don't know when it's you know has been he tweeted on Tuesday that it could happen any moment now, so the whole world has been on tenterhooks. Uh, this all goes back to when Donald Trump used one hundred and thirty thousand dollars of campaign finance funneled through his lawyer Michael Cohen to pay the silence of Stormy Daniels. And it all kind of comes down to a bit of paperwork. It could be (laughs) along the lines that, you know, uh, kind of uh, paying off, reimbursing Michael Cohen through like a dodgy invoice or something like this. (laughs) What is going on here with Donald Trump?
1: It's very exciting. I feel like they've almost been arresting him for years now. But it feels like it's getting... Closer, maybe, fingers crossed, for everyone. But the, my favourite part is the unhinged part about him, like, tweet, or, well, thing about it on his stupid little website. And the fact that there's been all these, like, deep fake videos about it of people <laughs> already putting out deep fake videos of him on the way to jail <laughs> And I feel like that's how he found out. Like, he saw a video, thought he saw a glimpse into the future and that's why he truthed about it? Like, that's why he tweeted about it? But, But Laura, may I
4: ask, like, this whole arrest over appropriating campaign funds, doesn't it just seem a little bit quaint with everything else he's done? It does. I mean, I
1: feel like this is going to be the first... They're trying to get him on anything. They're desperate. But the, the stressful thing is that even if he gets arrested, he can still become president because the laws are different over Mm. there. Like, so he can... John
4: Exotic's running for president now, so anyone can do it.
0: (laughs) In
2: in Australia, you can't run for parliament if you've been convicted of a crime, but in America, you can. You know, Apparently, he could do it from jail. Like, he can actually run Mm. as president and become president from jail if he wants to.
3: (laughs) If he does go to prison, in the sort of Al Capone sense, you know, if they just get him on campaign finance fraud. But if he's there, I hope he doesn't run for president. I hope he shoots another season of The Apprentice. Can you imagine <laughs> Donald Trump in D Block going? I mean, I'm here, I'm here with with Cyrus the Virus, Snake Eyes, and I don't know Pete. And uh, the challenge this week. See how many mobile phones you can sneak through. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, but, Lewis, how are they going to send him to prison? They can't cuff him. His hands are so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> He'll slip right out. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny, on um, the footage in New York this week at the front of Trump Tower, that there were just, like, five people with bull horn- horns, which means they're one shy away from
1: a netball team if they exclude the <laughs> wing attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was after he called for the protest and five people showed up. So- (laughs) I
2: don't know if it's that much
3: of a threat. just Rudy Rudy Giuliani out there with a bunch of oranges going, here if you need, Donald, here if you need.
0: (laughs) Irrational fear. It is the end of the world. You may as well laugh about it.
2: This week's third fear, unless it's going to destroy the world, we don't often talk about technology on this podcast, but you know, chat GBT we've spoken a little bit about. This week, Samsung has revealed that it has been replacing things in people's photos, namely the moon. Mm. A Reddit user did an experiment where he printed out, printed off the moon, he made it really blurry in Photoshop, printed it out, stuck it on the wall, and took a photo of it with his camera. So it looked nothing like the moon. But the AI inside the Samsung camera automatically replaced that picture with a picture of the moon. Samsung is just going around replacing the moon in everyone's pictures. So what you're saying,
4: Dan, is that they Yassified the Moon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what else should Samsung replace? If they're replacing the moon, you know, does this give them license and other tech companies license to just replace other things in your pictures? What oh if you God. wanted a picture of a really blurry moon, but you couldn't get it?
3: <laughs> wow, I didn't know why and why are they doing that because they just think that moons look a bit shit
2: but no because they can so and the the amazing thing is that the, the one side of the moon faces the earth at all times so no matter where you are on the planet, whenever you look up at the moon, it's going to be the same image of the moon. So if you're trying to take a photo of the moon if you're if you're the kind of person that sees the moon and wants to zoom in and get a shot of the moon, Samsung will just replace the moon with a really crispy picture of the moon.
3: What about a, what about with the blood moons? Do they have those on file?
2: I don't know. I don't know. That's that. Was, you know. That's my question. What
3: about if I pull my pants down in front of the camera?
2: <laughs> will they
3: replace me with a
2: stunt butt? <laughs> I don't think they've got enough craters for your butt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm happy for them to replace pictures of me. I take the worst photos, so I'm like. Give me a glow up, Samsung. I and don't there's care. so many
2: of you. They just put another Laura Hughes in there. It'll be they, Yes.
1: <laughs> 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 I regret the name of my show. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be nice if they
4: could replace photos of my parents with one of them looking proud of my career choice. <laughs> 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 it's a joke. I love you, Mum and Dad. You're great.
2: <laughs> and it is a joke. Alice Tovey's career is going really well. She's, uh, you know, she's, she works on everyone's TV shows. We're very proud of her here at, at Rational Fear. Oh, I did. Do
3: we know what year um, Samsung was founded? Was it in 1969? Because it is possible that they were complicit. <laughs> in the faking of the, the moon landing. In the thank you,
4: Lewis, for being brave enough to say oh, it. We're you. all thinking it. We're all That's thinking
3: right. it. What kind of podcast would we be if we didn't have at least one
2: conspiracy <laughs> theory? <laughs> We'd have more listeners if we had more conspiracy of theories. Of course. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. If
3: you would just eat some of the elk <laughs> meat that I send you, this podcast would be one of the biggest in Australia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Samsung, unfortunately, was uh, founded 85 years ago, 1938.
3: That proves my theory. It's entirely possible that they were there for 1969.
4: Also, think about how long it took James Cameron to develop the technology for Avatar 2. Mm. It is totally reasonable that it took till the 30s, till the 60s to fake a moon landing.
1: But why did the footage look so shit?
2: In the sixties. Mm. Yeah, mm. well, yeah. How come Samsung didn't replace it with better footage?
1: <laughs> yeah, where were the Navi on the moon?
3: <laughs> Theory debunked. I'll be back with a new one next week.
2: Oh we need <laughs> it. I, I it kind of begs the question like what is a picture? When the
3: AI photos came out, when that mm. lenser AI thing came out, did you guys give it a go? Did you give yourself a little glow up in the in the AI?
2: No,
4: nah, mate, I'm beautiful.
3: Too beautiful. You all, it broke the AI. They were like, well, "We have to make her less beautiful."
4: Do you remember the day that Samsung was down? That was my face. Sorry, everyone.
1: <laughs> I did it because it costs money. So I
4: was uh, like,
1: mm. "Oh no, thanks." Smart. That's I'm poor. You shouldn't have I'm to not- pay for a face.
3: <laughs> like you've got a face. Mm.
1: Exactly. Do it for free. It's a robot. Why am I paying a robot?
3: That's a good point. I mean, I would buy a Roomba, but that's different, I guess.
1: Did you guys do it?
3: Did you? Yeah, absolutely. You kidding me? I'm so vain. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up in the morning and was like, why does everyone look hot? And why haven't I done it yet? And then I did it all day.
1: (laughs) Were you like astronauts? Astronauts. A lot of astronauts, yeah.
3: Like mythical figure. There was, um, (laughs) there were like, I would say it felt a bit like they had just Googled like white guy, brown hair, glasses. And then they just fused me with a bunch of other like there was a few where i looked a bit like adam scott the actor which was quite nice oh. mm. but then there was some where i looked like i would say someone who founded a yoga studio in 1978 and had since been in prison for 40 years for the things i did to the people in my yoga studio in the 70s like really just like skinny and like really long arms but kind of like piercing eyes i just like just like i was a sex pest they made me look like a an ai sex pest <laughs> And um, it made me question myself because on that, once you see the scales of what you can be, like on one hand, I could be beloved actor, Adam Scott, who I think is wonderful. On the other hand, I could be a sex pest. And then you can kind of see both of those versions of yourself going forward in every day. And it, um, I guess it gave me the sort of Laura Hughes paradox. Like I didn't really know who I was. So I decided not to ever do it again.
4: I think you'd make a beautiful cult leader, Lewis. You really, you have Thank cult you. leader potential.
3: Do you know when I was a kid, when people asked, would ask me what I wanted? That's that's what I told them. That's not even. A joke. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Really?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you have uh, like some kind of merchandise, or do you do like a Eucharist? What would you do? Like, you what's do, a Eucharist? No? Oh, like uh, oh, it's a it's a Catholic process of you know sharing your body uh, um, a, as a bread. Um, uh, you know, it's a yeah, traditional right. thing. Slut.
3: Would I be a big slut?
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Would you have a harem? <laughs> why do you get into?
3: Why did you get into the cult game if it's not to be a slut? I don't understand <laughs> anyone who's like a good cult leader. I'm like, why did you bother? Just go to work.
4: Oh, it's the same thing as, like, a social football team. It's just nice to hang out with people <laughs> with similar interests.
3: And have
2: I, them do your bidding.
3: I had some friends who made a documentary about cults in Australia once, and we were having a beer. I was like, what was, like, the funniest story about the cults? And they were like, oh, it was pretty funny. There was this woman who went to, like, a health thing, like a health fair in Byron Bay, and uh, they she met this person who ended up getting them into a cult and this woman was like, I'm the second coming of Jesus and she ended up getting involved in this cult. But there were only three people in the cult. It was her, the cult leader, and one other follower. And eventually, the other follower left. So it was just her and the second coming of Jesus. And then eventually, (laughs) after like two or three years, the woman was like, what are you still doing here? I'm clearly not the second coming of Jesus. And then the leader left the cult. So the only (laughs) person left in the cult was just this one follower. And then she was like... Oh, I've been in a cult. I've been in a fucking cult.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that, w- that would be me. I would be the second coming of Jesus and I would get frustrated with my own shitty cult <laughs> and want to leave it. Like, <laughs> you dead shits, what are you doing here? You're all idiots. <laughs> Your fear is rational. Just pausing the podcast here. Lewis, do you think Samsung's efforts to replace people's real moons with a fake moon is pretty ethical? Mm, I
3: I don't really know if it matters enough to be ethical or unethical. It's just a weird (laughs) thing.
2: Well, I just want to pause the podcast here just to talk a little bit about Australian Ethical. They are a big financial firm. They've been going since 1986, and they've been looking after people's money in really ethical ways. So they haven't been replacing it with pictures of fake money, like Samsung would do. (laughs) They've been, you know, putting it in stuff like low-carbon businesses, renewable energy. They definitely don't invest in things like fossil fuels. They look after companies that are part of the solution, not part of the problem. Lewis? I'm
3: thrilled, Dan. very excited to be partnering with Australian Ethical. I think last week we mentioned, I saw them in the news. I saw them in a Guardian headline. I was like, oh, No. (laughs) Who have we saddled ourselves with? (laughs) And then it was like, oh, no, they're divesting from a bad company who was going to kill a bunch of koalas. And I'm like, oh, a superannuation company in the news for the right reasons? What year is this?
2: That company is Lendlakes, a company we've spoken a bit about on this podcast. So, yeah, well done, Australian Ethical. Keep it up and thank you for sponsoring Irrational Fear. This
0: is Irrational Fear.
2: Hey, looks like uh, Jackie Scrooby's got better things to do before um, three days before the election, so good on her. She's not coming on Irrational Fear tonight. Let's wrap it up. So big thanks to everyone who joined us on Irrational Fear. Lewis Hobber, Alice Tovey, Laura Hughes. Uh, Alice, what would you like to plug?
4: Yes, I'm doing a show called Not Like the Other Ghouls at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Sydney Comedy Festival. So if you head to alicetovey.com, you can book some tickets. It opens next Thursday. It's going to be very silly.
2: Looking forward to it, Laura Hughes.
1: I am doing a show with the worst title in the world, um, and I regret it every day, Uh, Laura Hughes Presents, and it's from the 10th of April to the 16th. At
2: the Butterfly Club, clever. Be... Only doing, only doing one week at the festival. Spy. That is the sign. That is a veteran. That is a veteran who's <laughs> <That> seen some <laughs> shit.
1: That's someone who's done it before and was like, a month. Get fucked. That is too uh, much. I, I play a lot of characters, so I think I would be dead if I did the whole month.
2: I've seen the show and it's very, very, very funny. Lewis, what would you like to play? Uh,
3: well, obviously, there's irrational fear. Second of April, huge lineup. Still tickets available. The Capitol yep. Theatre. I mean, it's beautiful. Wear a suit. Dress up. What a life. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, please yeah. wear a suit. Will you wear a suit? If you wear a suit, I'll wear a suit.
3: Fuck it. Yeah, I'll wear a suit. Okay, I'll um, wear yes! a suit. <laughs> yeah, all right. Suit, I'll wear a suit. Suits, suits. Yeah, suits, suits, suits. Uh, uh, isn't that funny when you, like, work such joke jobs that putting on a suit is, like, a moment? <laughs> it's comedy. <laughs> I've only got one.
1: Can you dress up as one of your AI characters? <gasps> oh,
3: fuck. I, um... I know we're still recording, but afterwards I'll send you the sex pest one. It's so funny. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's so uh, funny. Lewis, try, try, you... not to send, try not to send it over a carriage service. Uh... <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, I can't believe what they did to me. They did me so dirty. Um, so, yes, come to a rational fear. Also, if you're just in Melbourne the weekend and you're like, oh, God, not enough Lewis. Uh, I am doing a show at the Town Hall the night before with my friend Michael Hing. It's called Golden Hamshake. And then the week after that, if you're like God, I've seen Lewis twice. Love to do it a third time. I'm um, be doing <laughs> the great debate, uh, which is really exciting on Easter oh, wow. Sunday.
2: That's really exciting, Lewis. Do you know who you're doing it with?
3: I don't. I find out tomorrow. Well, today by the time this podcast goes out. So uh, I'm uh, I'm really excited. It's really fun. I've loved watching them um, since I was a kid, and like. I think debating was like the first time I ever wrote a joke. So I'm really excited to uh, do it. Lewis,
2: you are built for that. That's going to be great. (laughs) If only
3: being built for that was profitable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to you putting in a sterling effort to a rational fear. (laughs) You know I will. That's the first thing. Uh, Yeah, Good, it's the first thing. Have you written? Have you written your piece yet? Damn, we've got
3: another irrational fear before then to do. No, I haven't fucking written. I haven't written the second one. Jesus.
2: Yes, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably listening uh, around the time we were performing on stage at the at the QPAC, at somehow at the World Science Festival in Brisbane this Sunday. You can still get tickets to that, so please buy tickets to that and also uh, the following week uh, in Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That is it for Rational Fear. A big thank you to Roadmikes, Australian Ethical, our Patreon supporters, Jacob Brown of the Teppanyaki Timeline, Rupert Dagas, who did that extraordinary David Attenborough. Uh, and until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night.